Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Once a week, I have lunch at Commander's Palace and invite guests from the world of New Orleans business to join me. You've got to eat, right? If you're looking to open a business with a guaranteed market, opening a restaurant would seem like a good idea. Opening a pizza restaurant would seem like a total no-brainer. And if you want to make three times as much money, then how about opening three pizza restaurants? On the other hand, you could go totally the other way and go after an ultra-exclusive clientele. You could offer a fine dining menu in a secret location that constantly moves and is only revealed to select customers the night before the restaurant serves its one meal a month. Would anybody actually do that? Believe it or not, yes. They're doing it in New Orleans. It's called Dinner Lab. Chef and co-founder of Dinner Lab, Paco Robert, is my guest on Out to Lunch today. My other guest is a member of Dinner Lab, and he's also the pizza man. Gemma Orentis is the co-owner of Theo's Pizza, which is actually in three neighborhoods, uptown, downtown, and now in Elmwood. Uh, Jammer, Paco, welcome to Out to Lunch. Not only is this the first show we've done about a secret business, it's also the first show we've ever done where both guests have nicknames, Jammer and Paco. Neither of those are your, your real names, right? Am I? That's correct. Yeah, you, Jammer, what were you baptized? Uh, <laughs> Saint Jammer. I Saint Jammer is a wonderful, very historic saint. Uh, you're, you're actually a James? and Real name, uh, James Arenas. When I was, uh, it's kind of a funny story. When I was, uh, my dad used to call me Jammer kind of as a joke when I was really small. And in kindergarten, there were five Jameses. Go figure. And uh, so you had Jim, Jimmy, James, Jamie, and I got stuck with Jammer. And then in first grade, I got stuck in my report card, and I have not been able to shake it since that. Wow. Well, welcome, Jammer. And uh, and Paco, what is what is your real name? Uh, Francisco Jose Robert. Wow. So that really rolls. It, it rolls. Um, I really like if, that. If uh, you're Francisco, you're either a Pancho or a Paco. Um, so <laughs> I'm a Paco. Well. Jeez, it's good to know a Paco, and I, I assume you're from other states, and these are aliases that uh, you've been uh, it's, uh, running away from the law on. This is, this is fine. I, I dance in the quarter under the name uh, Rambo, which is, you know, I so all, <laughs> we all do this. this no problem. They, um, let's, let's see. They, uh, I wanted to ask you, you guys a question. This, just from the start, restaurants are a very tough business. In fact, one of the things you hear is that banks generally don't loan to restaurants because it's, uh, it's such an attrition rate. Um, how did you guys get started? Where, where did the money come from? I'll start with you, Jammer. Um, well, we started out, um, you know, there's three of us uh, that own Theo's, and we kind of pooled our money together, um, and we're able to, you know, that was back in 2004, we were able to secure a loan at that point. It was a little more difficult um, since then, but we did have a, you know, kind of a proven track record. So I think we got, ours was like the right timing. Okay, great. And you have less, Paco, uh, you have less upfront bricks and mortar kind of things. So. Yeah, um, our, our, our bricks and mortar, are we have very little overhead, um, and our kitchen 
um, is not uh, a state-of-the-art kitchen that you know takes a lot of uh, and it's capital. It's movable, right? It's movable, correct. <laughs> um, so our our funding came from uh, from ourselves, from the founders, right. and then also our members. Well, that is great. Now, now, Jammer, let's start with pizza. You opened Theo's in 2005 for the reason most people open a business. You saw a gap in the market. Looking back, it seems like a pretty audacious move. You and two partners who grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, came to New Orleans and declared there was no good pizza here. In fact, there was Slice, Reginelli's, Cafe Roma, Nino's, and, of course, all the big chains. And it turned out that you were successful. You have three outlets that are all doing well, but is it really the pizza uh, is it like Papa John says, better ingredients make better pizza? Or are there ingredients other than food that you've baked into the Theo's business model? I, I think there's a, there's a lot of things that make make a big difference. I think, you know, we make our dough fresh every morning, sauce, use, you know, the best ingredients. And kind of everybody says that. But I think we have a really amazing atmosphere and an amazing staff where it makes it, you know, when you walk in, you feel like you're walking into a, a pizza joint. And I think we've really been able to capitalize on that and, and capture that in all three of our locations. That is, I always order the uh, the hippie. Nice. It's a very busy pizza. It's very very <laughs> very delicious. They, and Paco, you're a graduate of the CIA, which has me somewhat concerned. But uh, but apparently my <laughs> my producer says that's the Culinary Institute of America, and you have an MBA from Tulane. Uh, Dinner Lab seems like kind of a crazy idea you may have come up with after a few drinks with some friends and then the next morning dismiss it with a dude what was I thinking uh, but not only is dinner lab only once a month and a secret location but the location is usually a bombed out building like an empty warehouse without electricity is dinner lab just a fanciful foodie indulgence or is there something about this that it's a serious business concept um, yeah the the business model works on various levels. Um, you are right that this idea did come out after having a few drinks. Um, <laughs> we were hungry, uh, wanted to eat something other than Cajun or Creole, um, and really wanted to go eat Thai food. Not too many too good Thai places in New Orleans. Um, and then we started thinking to ourselves, you know, if we wanted to eat some other type of ethnic meal, we really have our limited in choices here in New Orleans. Um, unless you're in New York or in San Francisco, any big city where you kind of have a plethora. But if you're in a city the size of New Orleans, um, for the most part, you're pretty, uh, you're, you're limited on your ethnicity. Um, and so that's what these are themed as? When you do have them once a month, it'll be a Chilean theme or a... Yeah, so we actually have them, uh, we're ramping up to get them to twice a week. One during the weekday and one during Whoa. the weekend. Um, and yeah, we pick uh, a region uh, of where to go. So tonight uh, we're going to Abruzzo, Italy. Um, a few uh, nights ago we were in Laotian. Um, a few nights before that we were in Lebanon. Um, so we focused a meal um, and, and we find chefs that are from there or have cooked um, or lived there for a while so, so know the cuisine very well. Tell me about the model a little bit. My, my assistant has joined on and I know, I know uh, Jammer's a member. Uh, you is an annual membership fee, and then it's um, how much is so, it per dinner? Uh, so roughly? Our, the, there's the membership membership fee, and then there's uh, dinners that range anywhere from 35 to we haven't really capped it, um, what our dinners will be uh, ending at, but somewhere between usually average around 45, 50 dollars, um, and that includes um, a, a minimum of five courses, um, wine, beer, a cocktail of that region. Um, and tip, gratuity, tax, everything's included. Um, the wow. idea is that the guest just pays a ticket up front um, and then they can enjoy themselves for the whole evening. Jeez, now, they, now, when you uh, you came here, Jammer, you said uh, you came in from, wait, these are old, high, old grammar school buddies, right? Right, that so, uh, 
one of my business partners, Greg Dietz, we played football together in second grade. And my other business partner, Ted Nykirk, we went to school from fourth grade on. Uh, Greg's wife grew up down the street from me. So we kind of all known each other all our lives. Wow, did you? You're in Little Rock. Did you serve the Clintons at one point? Or? Um, I've worked, uh, I've definitely did eat, some political stuff. Uh, worked on the campaign um, in 92 and 96, 92. After, after high school, I'd go down and, uh, or after school and go, go work, uh, you know, doing whatever, mailing or calling people, right, or doing whatever right. we need to. Well, that's uh, that's that's great. We have singing in the background. We never have this. Yeah. This is very good. <laughs> and bells. Some, we can play, we can play yes, along with Yes, there's something that. you guys brought along brought along with us here. They, um, when you on the on the pizza side though, Jammer, you've got um, you've got what I see is a, a much bigger menu than everybody else. I mean, you've got like 40 selections or so. They, we have 40 different toppings, um, excluding we do a monthly special every month that uh, that highlights something. Special. We normally we try and partner with some other restaurant on those monthly specials. So we've partnered with with the joint, the barbecue restaurant. We've partnered with um, uh, J, uh, J, uh, Jake and Jack's uh, uh, organic food company. We've partnered with Louisiana Fish Fry. Uh, we're partnering with Toops Meadery over in Mid City. Uh, so kind of getting with them and and making a, a special pizza for the month that's a little bit out of the normal. And I've got to ask you both. I mean, the restaurant businesses. Talked about a couple of things about it. It's it's risky. Uh, it's tough to get funding, but also it's uh, you know for, you don't diners don't see it, but as an owner, it's a heck of a lot of work, right? Yeah. It's just it's kind of off the curve. Uh, they, so you don't go into it just because you want not not to work hard, but no, that's definitely not the case. Uh, it's a lot of hard work, but it's fun. I you know I enjoy. There's not a day that goes by that I don't enjoy going into work and making pizzas or doing some of the other things are not as much fun, but getting in there and, and making pizzas is. Is one of the most enjoyable things ever. Let me just ask you a, a question, Jeremy. You, you had two successful restaurants. Um, to take that leap and open up a third, what were the what were the things on the on the piece of paper in front of you? What were you thinking? What were the issues? The, the funny thing is, why we ended up opening a third location is because all of our customers kept telling us to. So when we opened the mid-city location, all of our customers were coming from Metairie, Kenner, River Ridge, Harahan, and we kept getting all these emails. Um, from all these people that we didn't know saying, come out to Harrikan, come to River Ridge, come to Metairie. And it was like, it, it was in our face, you know. Yes. I don't think, you know, we were, we were wanting to expand this and open a couple more up, but I think there was definitely uh, a fire under us to get it done because it, 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 the, the outpour was amazing. Uh, so this was just a good job of listening here. Yeah. And then, Paco, it's got to be even more for, for yourself. I mean, how do you know what people want? Some of these sound pretty exotic. Huh? How do you know um, it's going to work? Well, we want to add diversity. Um, what the customer wants, we'll kind of learn as we go. Um, but really, the model works on kind of similar. You, you made me think of something that our model works on a, on a different level as well, is that um, in a restaurant, take Commander's Palace, for example, there's one chef. But there's probably like 15, 20 cooks that work at this restaurant that really don't get to dictate the menu. Yeah. Um, commander sets the menu and maybe a special or two the sous chef or the chef de cuisine puts, sure. uh, puts together. So, but they're very talented. And chances are that somebody in there knows how to cook um, a meal of an ethnic origin. Um, so we, we, we showcase the chef. It's a, uh, Dinner Lab is a platform for, for the, those chefs and sous chefs for, to let them expose them out to uh, the public where they wouldn't be otherwise exposed to. Um, and it gives, it gives the chef that's uh, playing chef for the night uh, exposure 
And then if he does a good job, then the restaurant also get exposure because I'm going to want to be, well, hey, Jimmy's back there cooking. He did a damn good job last week. Yeah. We should go to Commander's and check him out. Um, so ah. it, it works on a various level. So it, for I, us, it's we, we, when the chef cooks for us, we don't say he's a dinner lab chef. We say, you know, we give him credit. He is from Commander's Palace. Right. He, you know, he's the one cooking. Um, at the end of the night, I always get people saying, man, you did a really good job. And I'm like, I didn't cook anything. I, uh, I do purely logistics, and and actually, he was the one. He was the one in charge of everything. No, um, I know you've had your hands in other entrepreneurial ventures uh, throughout the city. Uh, is this um, is Dinner Lab a full time job? It sounds like it's at least gonna be. Um, so, my full time job is working for a consulting company called EMH Strategy. Um, we work with lots of businesses similar to Theo's, um, a lot of restaurants, um, and a lot of it is uh, based on. Uh, companies who are growing, um, who are either starting up or on a later phase wanting to expand to a different market or oh, okay. geographically. So I, I do a lot of the operational work uh, for those projects. So Dinner Lab is, I consider it kind of a project of EMH. Um, it's it's okay. something that I, I, I would normally do. If, uh, and um, yeah. And, and tell me about the, the, way it, the way it works. It seems like it's just word of mouth. Um, it is word of mouth. Um, it, uh, our platform, uh, we have members get to bring a guest, and that guest doesn't necessarily have to be the wife. Um, it could be anybody else. Oh, it's not, it's not uh, invite problems here. Yeah, There's exactly. not any, uh, <laughs> I think you know my mistress. <laughs> she comes to my different dinner lab things. Um, so, and right now, um, the events are open to the public, um, but that will be closing um, at, the end of the, at the end of the year. Um, and the reason for that is because our events are selling out within hours. Um, the last... Uh, event sold out within two hours, so we usually open up, open them up for two weeks for members, um, and then if we don't sell enough tickets at member price, we sell it to the public. We haven't, we've been having the problem of not being able to offer it to the public. How many folks will come to a typical dinner? Um, they range anywhere from small 35-person dinners to 150-person dinners. Wow, this is a. Uh this is great. They, uh, now I've got this is the uh, checklist we like to do on the show where we ask you uh, ask you a couple of quick questions that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. I'm, I'll start with uh, Jammer. How many days of Jazz Fest do you usually go? I usually go at least one weekend. Uh, you know, we're usually pretty busy having the place over in Mid City, so I try and go at least two days and try for three. Wow! See, that's good. That's, it's, and what about you, Paco? Um, I I love going the first Thursday because um, oh, nice the uh, you, you find more locals than and the tourists haven't quite come yet. <laughs> um, and then depends on on last, this past year was great. The year before, you know, I I, I didn't really like the set list too much. Um, okay, so, so yeah. I only went once. <laughs> um, so well, depends. that's that's great. You both of both fans <laughs> though. And I'll ask you another question. Uh, and this is a question from the business sense. What? Um, I'll start with Paco this time. Is what um, what keeps you up at night? What about this business model or such? Do you just kind of toss and turn on sometimes? Um, the fact that we gotta be very nimble. Um, I, you know, for when I do a project at EMH, I usually first thing I do is benchmark other companies that are doing something similar and kind of, you know, learn what's the pros and cons about certain projects. Here, I don't really have that advantage. Um, Do you have no peers? Uh, is there anyone um, doing this? Or uh, w There are some platforms that are close, but um, not really what we do. Um, wow. Uh, you know, we're, we're very unique in, in what we do, and it's, it's tough because we're, we're having, you know, we're, we're building the plane while we're flying it. 
I like the visual on that. Jammer, what about yourself? Uh, you know, I think recently it's been, you know, this our construction mode. That's what's been keeping me up at night is making sure we're 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 getting our our, our construction you're done. A pizza and maker, not and all a building the, you maker. Because you know that's always a nightmare to deal with. But I think on a, on a day to day basis, I think consistency is you know what keeps me up at night is I want to make sure that at every one of our you know at our three restaurants, wherever you go, you are getting the same exact product, uh, in the same type of service and atmosphere. So, so it and it's the business. I guess you're showing it is scalable. Maybe you just don't want to grow too fast, but uh, right, uh, it is definitely scalable. And it, but it's it's also keeping kind of our core values of what we're what we're trying to do and what what we are, which is a, a pizza joint. Nothing more honorable than a pizza joint. There's a, the, uh, now we're going to check out our inbox. That's where the producer picks a question that's come in uh, during the week from a listener. Uh, Grant, what have you got? Peter, this question came in from Margot Moss. She's the host of a restaurant and dining podcast called Midnight Menu Plus One. And she asks, in the dining experience, what do you think the balance is between dining and experience? For example, if you take a Theo's pizza, but call it something different and serve it to serious foodies in a gutted warehouse with candles, will it taste different? Um, so we approach Dinner Lab and we like to say that it's a third people a third of the food and a third is the space. That's what makes, that's our formula. So I think, I think yes. I think if you change the dining environment, if you change the people around you um, and you leave the food constant, it, it, the, the experience would be different. And same thing if you change any one of those components. At least that's how our model works. That's I could have said it better myself. I think, um, you know, I, I want to say that we have a, a great product um, if you put on a, uh, a silver platter, it would still still taste, but maybe look appearance-wise a little bit better. So you're very con both of you are very conscious about uh, ambiance and uh, that there's whole so many feel. great restaurants in the city. You got to have something to differentiate yourself from other people, and I think atmosphere uh, and uh, you know your staff's friendliness and attention really sets you apart from from other people. That is that is great. Let me ask you about. About that side, when you talk about ambiance, you know, some places are quite, like uh, here at Commanders is quite elegant. You've actually gone the complete opposite way. I mean, you've, where are some of the places you've had? Uh... So one of, the, one of the best ones we had the other day was um, an old church um, from the 1800s right here on the corner where magazine splits off um, on Felicity, I believe. And it's a church that a gentleman that was, uh, it was abandoned and a gentleman bought it and he's rebuilding it to get married in about a month. Um, and he wasn't quite ready yet, um, but it had exposed wood. I mean, the place was, um, when we went to it, you know, if, if, if you see the place um, right when we get there around like two o'clock, you're like, there's no way in hell you're going to put on a dinner for a hundred people. Um, but then at the end of the night, uh, candles are set, the food, it just, the smell is out there, the tables are set, the menu, the lights, and, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Um, so... The, the place where, where we do it is it has to has to add to, to that element. Um, another place where we did it um, was on the 25th floor of a, of a building in downtown, 360 uh, view of the city. Do these people know you're, you're you're doing this or is this? A uh, no, no, yeah, yeah. We we, we got permission. Uh, we got them to the sign some release release forms. Um, our members essentially sign a waiver similar to one when you go skydiving that kind of rele <laughs> releases us from all harm uh, and. Um, for, so this other place had a helipad, and literally somebody could have jumped off if they wanted to um, right, but off the side of the. We're building. here to report that that did not happen. Yeah, that did it? not happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, 
Paco Robert, Jammer Rentis, the food and restaurant business in New Orleans is fascinating. It's one of the unique and identifying elements of the city. On the one hand, there seems to be an unending demand. On the other hand, uh, this is a sophisticated market and a very demanding business to be in. It's a tough business, but a fun business. It's been great learning about it from your perspective today. Uh, thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch. Hey, thanks, Peter. Thank That's you. That's great. Thank you very much. Uh, my, my guests on Out to Lunch today have been uh, Paco Robert, co-founder of Dinner Lab, and Jammer Orentis, the co-owner of Theo's Neighborhood Pizza. To learn more about Dinner Lab and where to find a Theo's near you, follow the links on our sites www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our web designer and digital guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can keep up with our continuing adventures in Crescent City Commerce by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook, and you can get in touch with us and sign up for our mailing list at itsneworleans.com. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at It's New Orleans. To listen to past shows or get this show as a podcast, go to www.no.org or itsneworleans.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. Until we meet again around the table here at Commander's Palace, I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch. <laughs>